Father, I thank you for this incredible man, Lord. I pray that you just bless him, Father, that you pour out blessing upon his ministry, Father, upon his family, upon his life, Lord. I thank you, God, that he will come and serve in this manner, Father, just for nothing else but to just honor and glorify you. Mm. So this evening, Father, I pray that you open our ears, that you open our hearts to receive what you've given him. And may you bless him and may you honor him, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Thank you, Ben. Well, good, e- good evening, everybody. You doing good? Yeah, yeah. That's good. All right, sweet. Well, that was really fun to um, start out with some really epic worship. And um, one of the words that I kind of got for us just while we we're just worshiping, um, I just seen a picture of a river, and I just feel like God really wanted to do something with that tonight. And as I was asking the Lord a little bit more, like, is a river, what, what do you mean by river, God? And, um, and this is what I heard. I said, there's, there's many rivers. There, there's many rivers that we can fall into. There's many rivers that we can jump into. There's many rivers that we can swim in, but then there's the river of the Lord. And it's something that is um, really needed in every one of our lives. And it's where blessing flows. It's where we know God. It's where his presence flows. Healing comes. And we hear his voice. And it just brings, um, yeah, just a real sense of uh, just that, that hug that we need from the Lord sometimes. I'm not sure what your day was like today, but... Um, yeah, just a hug from the Lord and getting in and just getting in with Jesus and letting him do whatever he wants to do. And just a really interesting fact about um, a, a living river is that um, there's many things in it and you don't get to dictate where that river goes. You jump in and it takes you where it wants to take you. And so there's just a real solid parallel, like, in our own lives, when we surrender it to Jesus, when we, when we jump into the kingdom of God, it's really where he wants to take us is where we go, right? Um, at least that's the way we should be living, you know, under the lordship of Christ, having the Holy Spirit fill our lives and lead us. And in John 3, where the wind blows, the wind blows, where he takes us, he takes us. And, um, and I just feel like there's something tonight that maybe the Lord really wants to entertain in your own life. And um, where we can be encouraged and just hear the voice of Jesus. Um, the last couple months, uh, we've been super blessed by Ben taking us through the book of Ephesians. Has anybody been blessed by that? I have totally been blessed by that. It's been so fun just to go through the whole book and be encouraged by what Paul is writing to the church. And, and so tonight, it's going to be a little bit of a summary synopsis, and we're going to do some activations. Um, but before we kind of jump into it, Um, I've got a video. It's going to be a summary of the whole of Ephesians, so buckle up. If you've got pen and paper, get your phone ready, and you can write some notes on the whole book of Ephesians summed up in about eight to nine minutes. So if we can cue that, that video, that'd be unreal. Paul's letter to the Ephesians. The story of how Paul came to the city of Ephesus is really interesting. You can go read about it in Acts chapter 19. Ephesus was a huge city. It was the epicenter of worship for most of the Greek and Roman gods. And for over two years, Paul had a really effective missionary presence there, and lots of people became followers of Jesus. Years later, after being imprisoned by the Romans, Paul wrote this letter. The movement of thought in the letter divides into two really clear halves. In the first half, Paul is exploring the story of the gospel, 
how all history came to its climax in Jesus and in his creation of this multi-ethnic community of his followers. The second half of the letter is linked to the first by the word, therefore. And here Paul explores how the gospel story should affect how we live every part of our life story, personally, in our neighborhoods and communities and in our families. So let's dive in and we can see how Paul develops all of this. Chapter one opens with a beautiful Jewish style poem where Paul praises God the Father for the amazing things that he has done in Christ Jesus. From eternity past, the Father has purpose to choose and bless a covenant people. And think here, the family of Abraham and Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. And through Jesus now, anyone can be adopted into that family. Jesus' death covers our worst sins, our worst failures, and in Jesus we find God's grace. In fact, Paul says, That grace has opened up a whole new way for us to understand every part of our lives. He says in chapter 1, verse 10, that God's purpose was to unify all things in heaven and on earth under Christ, which is a title that means Messiah. God's plan was always to have a huge family of restored human beings who are unified in Jesus the Messiah. This divine purpose became clear, Paul says, when we were first made into that family. And here he's referring to ethnic Jews in the family of Abraham. But then Paul talks about how you, and here he means non-Jews, you all heard about Jesus and the salvation through him. And you were also brought into this family by the work of the Holy Spirit. And so here he's referring to the events told in the stories of Acts about how God's Spirit brought together Jew and non-Jew into one family in Jesus. It's just like God promised to Abraham long ago. Notice also how in this poem, Paul begins by talking about God the Father, but then about Jesus the Son, and then here at the end about the Spirit. All three work together as Paul tells the story of the gospel. It's really cool. After the poem, Paul responds with a prayer. He prays that these followers of Jesus would not just know about, but personally experience the power of the gospel, that they would be energized by the same power that raised Jesus from the dead and placed him as the exalted head of the whole world. Now, in chapter 2, Paul goes back and he elaborates on some key ideas from the poem in chapter 1, especially God's grace and this new multi-ethnic family of Jesus. He begins by retelling the story of how these non-Jewish Christians came to know Jesus. Before hearing about Jesus, they were physically alive, but they were spiritually dead. They were trapped in a purposeless life of selfishness and sin, and they were deceived by dark spiritual forces of evil. But amazingly, God, in his great love and mercy, he saved them, he forgave all of their sins, and he joined their lives to Jesus' resurrection life, and he's brought them back to life too. And so now, having been created as new human beings through Jesus, they have the joy of discovering all of the new calling and purposes and tasks that God has set before them. Not only have they been shown God's grace, they've also been invited into a new family. Before hearing about Jesus, these non-Jewish people, they were not just cut off from God, they were cut off from his covenant people, the family of Abraham. And for a really practical reason, the commands of the Sinai covenant, they formed like a boundary line around the family. They were like a barrier that kept most non-Jewish people away. But in Jesus, the laws of the Torah have been fulfilled and the barrier is removed. The two ethnic groups have become, as Paul puts it, a new unified humanity that can live together in peace. So Paul goes on in chapter 3 to marvel at the unique role that he got to have in spreading this good news to non-Jewish people. 
And even though he's in prison, he's thanking God for the chance he's had to see this covenant family grow so huge. So Paul closes the first half of the letter with another prayer. This time he prays that Jesus' followers would be strengthened by God's spirit to simply grasp and comprehend the love that Christ has for his people. The second half of the letter begins with Paul shifting gears, and he starts challenging the reader to respond to the gospel story by how they live their own life story. So he starts in chapter 4 with just the everyday life of the church. The church is a big family with lots of different kinds of people, but he emphasizes that they are one, and one is a key word in this chapter. They are one body that's unified by one spirit. They have one Lord with one faith. They have one baptism. They believe in one God. That's a lot of unity. However, Paul says, unity is not the same thing as uniformity. He goes on to explore how Jesus' new family consists of lots of very, very different kinds of people, but they're all empowered by the one Holy Spirit, each using their unique talents and passions to serve and to love each other and to build up the church. And here he uses two really cool metaphors. One is building up the church as a new temple. And the second is that they are all becoming a new humanity with Jesus as the head. And this new humanity is a metaphor he's going to then run with for the next couple chapters. Paul challenges every Christian to take off their old humanity, like a set of old clothes, and to put on their new humanity in which the image of God is being restored. And he then goes on into this long section where he compares this new and old humanity. So instead of lying, new humans speak truth. Instead of harboring anger, they peacefully resolve their conflicts. Instead of stealing, new humans are generous. Instead of gossiping, they encourage people with their words. Instead of getting revenge, new humans forgive. Instead of gratifying every sexual impulse, new humans cultivate self-control of their bodily desires. Instead of getting drunk, new humans come under the influence of God's spirit. And he spells out what that influence looks like in four different ways. The first two have to do with singing, singing together, but also singing alone. And this is really interesting that the first thing that Paul thinks of about how the spirit works in the lives of Jesus' people is singing and music. The third sign of the spirit's influence is being thankful for everything. And the fourth is that the spirit will compel Jesus' followers to put themselves underneath others and to elevate others as more important than themselves. And Paul actually expands on this fourth point by showing how it works in Christian marriage. So you have a wife who follows Jesus. She is called to respect and to allow her husband to become responsible for her. And the husband is called to love his wife and to use his responsibility to lay down his selfish agenda and to prioritize his wife's well-being above his own. And Paul says it's this kind of marriage that's actually reenacting the gospel story. The husband's actions mimic Jesus and his love and his self-sacrifice. The wife's actions mimic the church, which allows Jesus to love her and to make her new. Paul then applies the same idea to children and parents as well as slaves and masters. Paul closes out the letter by reminding these Christians of the reality of spiritual evil. 
these are beings and forces that will try to undermine the unity of Jesus' people and to compromise their new humanity. And so Paul challenges them to stand firm and to put on this metaphorical set of body armor, which he describes in detail. And Paul has drawn all of these pieces of body armor from the book of Isaiah and how Isaiah depicted the messianic king. And so now, as the Messiah's followers, we need to make the Messiah's attributes our own since we make up Jesus' body. Practically, I think Paul means for Christians to begin to form habits, proactively using prayer and the scriptures and our relationships with each other to help us grow and mature as followers of Jesus. And that's the letter to the Ephesians. Very powerful. It's where Paul summarizes the whole gospel story and how it should reshape every part of our life story. Awesome. Was that not good? So good. Yeah, the... the um... The Bible Project does a lot of really great videos, and um, and you guys can watch that again later on and become Bible pros. Isn't that cool? YouTube is so cool that way. <laughs> uh, but tonight we're gonna we're gonna actually do some activations. Like I think the last couple months um, of just hearing Ben teach through Ephesians has been really good for us to understand what Paul is trying to encourage us with, what he's trying to encourage the church with, right? And um, I'm not sure about you guys, but for me, I often can find myself getting really interested in what's being said, and it sounds good, and it, yeah, it even feels good, you know, and you're like, wow, I, I just learned a little bit more about the Bible, but then often it's the application part, right? It's how, how do I actually take what I just learned in church and bring that into my own reality, right? How do I actually become more like Jesus by what I just learned today at Sunday, you know, on you know, when, when Ben preaches or when we hear a sermon on YouTube or whatever it is, right? That's often, I find, where there's a massive gap. It's how do I take that and apply it today? Um, maybe from a distance we can see, oh, no, I can see how maybe um, being thankful could be a really good thing. But what does that look like today for me? Like, where's where can I actually take that thing and make it a real weapon for me so that I can wake up in the morning and do well with Jesus. When things aren't going well, um, I can use that weapon to start being well. Does that make sense? And I find this is often the case um, with a lot of people that I talk to. They just, it's, it's not that we don't want to change. It's not that we don't want to grow in God. It's that we just don't know how to bring application to it. We don't know how to do it. And so tonight we're going to do um, some activations. Um, and it will be as exciting as you guys want it to be. I hope it's good. Like, I mean, for me, it's going to be really exciting. Right? Um, and as long as you guys get activated, you guys step out and, um, and just participate in some of these things, um, I, I think it could be a really powerful thing for you guys. Very simple activations that hopefully shouldn't take too much courage. Um, but we're just going to step out. I've, um, I've got a couple things that... I don't have my little clicker thing. I'm not sure you got it. So Ephesians activated. Okay, cool. So um, this first one here, I actually seen this quote the other day, and I was like, oh, it's actually just so wonderful, and I knew we were going to be gathering as a family here. So um, it's a quote by Bill Johnson. He says this, when you leave the concept of family, you left the concept of the kingdom, right? And I just, I just love that because um, this is the place where we get to come together and actually be one, this is where we get to encourage one another, inspire one another, and be brothers and sisters one to another. And I just love that whole thing. And sometimes, um, you know, I've, I've talked about this in, in previous months and years when I've preached. 
about the whole pop plant Christianity when we, uh, we hop from church to church to church to church to church to church to church and we never find a home. We, we never actually root ourselves down. You, you look the same as every other plant that's in the, um, in the garden, but when the wind comes, you know, when the tornado comes, when the storms come, all the plants that are actually grounded and are actually planted in the ground, they, they withstand, right? But the ones that are in pots, they, they actually blow over and they fall out of the pot and the roots get exposed and they die, right? There's some really interesting analogies with this. And I just love this whole family thing, like when, when we can come together and actually grow together and encourage one another. And hopefully tonight we can just pray with each other and for each other and stuff as well. So this first thing here, thankfulness. And we kind of already started um, just even during worship, you know, Ben was kind of already alluding to this whole thing of like, hey, let's, let's get real thankful. If you pray in tongues, do that. If you just want to start thanking God, it's just a really powerful weapon. And so I'm going to read this, uh, this scripture out here in Ephesians 1, 15 to 18. And it says, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord, in, in the Lord Jesus, and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being lightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. So here's a place where, you know, Paul is saying, man, I, I, actually, I actually love what's going on, and I give God thanks for the good things that are actually happening in your lives. And... Um, as I was reading that, I just felt, this is the last probably four or five days, as I was reading that, I just felt like the Lord just put kind of a stop on me in that area there, and he was just reminding me, just really simply, the power of thankfulness, the power of thankfulness of how it actually, it engages your heart completely different. It actually switches your mind. It, it gets your mind off of one thing, and it gets it onto another thing, and, um, and so we're actually going to do a little bit of Thanksgiving. Um, how many of you guys know Psalm 100, verse 4 and 5? Few people? No people? Some people. Some people, yes. It is in the Bible. <laughs> right? I got a picture here, and uh, this should be helpful, hopefully. Um, Psalm 100, verse 4 and 5. We enter his gates with thanksgiving, and we enter his course with praise, right? Now, interesting really interesting. So if we enter his gates with thanksgiving, it means that we can be on the outside of that. Does that make sense? And just a quick story for you guys. Probably about 12, 13 years ago, the Lord really highlighted this thing to me. I, I was um, in a real desperate way. I, I, I needed finances and I, I had moved to Australia um, to work with YWAM and I was struggling like no one's business, man. It was insane. And I just remember just waking up one morning and I was just so discouraged, disappointed. I literally had no money, like not even 10 cents, like zero. So when I said I had nothing, it wasn't like I had a little bit of pocket change, you know, like, like we say, well, we have nothing, we, we always have something, right? I literally had nothing and I just, I just started weeping, I just started crying. And I got a little bit angry and a little bit bitter with God and then I started crying a little bit more, hoping that that would maybe change the storyline. And it didn't change anything at all, but I got really, yeah, I just got really weepy. I just, it's not hanging out everywhere. 
and um, got a little more angry, got a little more bitter. And, um, and it was God sovereignly breaking into that space right there. I'm, I'm just so grateful that God breaks in, even in the midst of like those moments where we do love God, but we're just struggling, you know, like we, we struggle. And so we have our, you know, moments where we just break loose and everything, it's, it, it's all soul. It's not always spirit, it's soul, but God sees it and he knows your heart and all that kind of stuff. He broke in and he says, Dave, I want you to read Psalm 100. Right, and so I read Psalm 100. Right, and um, it didn't initially like break anything in me. I was like, okay, cool, awesome. And so then I read it again. I read it a few more times, and then verse four and five are the ones that were highlighted to me. And this is what the Lord um, actually revealed to me that I was like a little child on the outside of these gates, just pouting and just you know desiring to have all of these things that I need from God, but yet I wouldn't just enter in and take it. I was on the outside of this gate, jumping up and down, screaming, crying, getting bitter and angry. And he says, enter in my son. And it was a really simple thing that he did for me, but it actually switched something in my heart and mind. And so I I just started out with this right here. I entered into the gates with thanksgiving. And um, we're, we're going to do this in just a little bit. We're just going to start thanking the Lord. And I, I had a really hard time actually getting thankful. Have you guys ever been like that before where you just, it's just heavy, you know, you're, it's heavy. And you're like, okay, I don't, I, I, I don't even want to be thankful right now. Like, what the heck? I don't want to be thankful. That's the last thing on my mind right now. Like, I want to be upset and angry, and I just want you to do what I want you to do. Come on, God. Be my slave, God, okay? I, I need you to do this. And being thankful is kind of like, man, it's, it's like you're wearing like 10 kilo boots, you know, and you're just trying to get yourself in there. But I just started. I just started. And I am not kidding you. This is kind of how it started. I looked down, and what did I see? Shoes. I'm like, okay, I got shoes, all right? All right, God, thank you for my shoes. You know, God, I have a bed to sleep in. Okay, God, thank you that I have a bed at least. And I just started with those things, guys. And it probably took 10 minutes. 10 minutes. And that doesn't sound like very long, but man, it can feel like forever when you're in that space, right? But 10 minutes later, something just broke loose. It just broke broke and all of a sudden I was just like the the level and the depth of gratitude in my heart for the simple things was just unbelievable like I I was in a different realm it's called walking into his presence right you can be in it or you can be on the outside of it right we enter his gates with thanksgiving and uh, this isn't one of those things where you can climb over, you know, the walls and stuff. They're really high walls. So you can't climb over them, okay? There's only one way in, and it's with thanksgiving, right? And it's a beautiful place. This is where the, like, the Lordship of Christ is in this place. The presence of the Lord, healing, joy, everything that we need is in that space right there. So we jump in there, and we can stay, right? We can just walk in and stay in that place, and it's wonderful, and it's amazing. But there's the courts. There's the courts, right? And God talked to me about the courts. He goes, do you want to enter into an even more wonderful place? 
do you want to see more? Do you want to hear more? And I said, yes, Lord, that would be awesome. I still need a little bit of finance, right? <laughs> and so he's like, we enter his gates with thanksgiving. We enter his courts with praise. And this place of praise is not what he's done for you. That's what we're grateful for. The place of praise is who he is. This is where we begin to declare, you are Lord, you are Jesus, you are my Messiah, you are my King. And we begin to declare and prophesy, this is who you are. And it's amazing because in the courts is where the King resides. True? Wonderful. It's this beautiful space when you let your heart go, that river that I was talking about. When we let that river, when you just let loose and don't let the things of this life like hinder you from entering in. It might be a little bit of work in the beginning, but then break free and let's go. It's amazing what the Lord reveals in that space. Do you know what happened for the next probably week to week and a half? I can't remember exactly. It was many years ago. I came out of that space. I had no money for nothing, like nothing. Zero dollars, zero cents, right? And I'm already thinking about my next meal because... Uh, well, there's nothing there. <laughs> there's literally nothing there. And I come out of that space, and probably within an hour, I get a phone call, random, just a mate from Brisbane. He's like, hey, mate, I'm actually in the area. I'm just thinking I'd love to take you out for lunch. And I was like, what in the heck? Yes, buddy, come on. Another mate calls me in the afternoon and says, hey, um, I'd love to take you out for dinner. These guys have no idea what I'm going through. They have no idea that I'm like struggling like this. They just happen to be calling me, right? And saying, can I take you out for dinner? This happened for days. I didn't miss one meal, not one meal. And then there was a family that uh, sold their house and they didn't have their next house to move into. They ended up moving into this house um, for, I think it was about a month and a half, two months. And um, now they may have seen that I didn't have any food in the pantry and stuff like that, but they said, Dave, We'd like to invite you into every meal that we have. Would you want to be a part of our family? Unbelievable. See, the breakthrough is not on the outside. The breakthrough is actually in the inside. But this is where we activate. We activate. We step into those things. And so we're gonna, what we're going to do is uh, we're going to chuck on a song here. And we're just going to start thanking the Lord. And we're just going to go until I feel like we're ready to jump into some praise. Is that cool? So, and I would like us to kind of stay at the front a little bit. Like, this is where we can spur one another on. If, if, um, if somebody is just feeling a little bit dry, be like, oh, you know, then we get to just, you know, water that plant as well. Does that make sense? We get to water. And it's, it's, it's amazing how that works, right? We, we get to water one another with thanksgiving and praise. Like, it actually spurs people on. And so... Um, if we can get, uh, where's Josh? There's Josh. If we can get one of those songs on. Ah, uh, whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, pick a, pick a good one. And um, it's, it's going to be not too loud, but just loud enough. But I'd like us to actually, let's, let's dig a little bit deep, okay? Let's dig a little bit deep. This is for Jesus, but this is actually for you as well too, right? This is for you to activate and to actually get loose let's go the scriptures are good to hear but man they're a lot better lived let's stand up and let's just begin to thank the lord
changes a little bit, doesn't it? Oh, it's so wonderful. Isn't that great? It really does change things. If you guys can actually do that in your room, if you guys can, in the midst of the hard things that we face in life, use a weapon of thankfulness. Don't be like what I was like standing on the outside of that gate wanting God to do everything for me, you just don't receive anything there. Like you get nothing, a big fat nothing. But when we enter in, we receive. That's, that's a place where God pours out and we just drink freely, right? Okay. Um, well, this. The next thing here, Ephesians 4.1. It says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. And so as we're going through through these activations in Ephesians, you know, Paul was really encouraging the church, like, hey, we have a new nature. We are brand new. There was an old man and you've stepped into a new man. And so the old has passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And so there's this new thing that we get to walk into and he says, now walk worthy of the calling. So we, as believers, there's a calling that is upon us. There's things that we get to be activated in, and it comes through getting born again, where Jesus leads us into fruitfulness, right? And fruitfulness can only be found when we walk into the gate. So it's an every morning thing. Like the picture is, is that every morning we step into the gate, gratitude gets your eyes off of you and onto him. We see what he sees, we hear what he wants to speak to us, and it actually brings fruitfulness to your life. So here Paul's encouraging us, hey guys, it's a brand new nature on you. You're brand new, absolutely new. But how many of you guys know that there's a disconnect between reading that and knowing that? There's a massive disconnect. There seems to be a massive chasm, like it's kind of like, Okay, I, I've heard that a hundred times, Dave, maybe a thousand times. I've been a Christian for a while, and I'm here, and it seems to be way over there, and I, I don't know where that bridge is, right? And I want us to do something. Um, if I can get someone to hand these things out. Will, could I use your services? Thank you. Um, something that I... I did um, many times, and I still, at times when I'm finding myself really discouraged, I'll actually, um, I'll just meditate on scripture. I'll just read scripture out loud, and it'll just begin to warm my heart. And it's a really simple thing to do, but it's a massive weapon, right? If we know who we are in Christ, if we know who we are as born-again believers of what we've actually stepped into, in Christ, it begins to bring incredible power to your everyday life. It's, it's no longer mind over matter. I know sometimes it can feel like that. You know, when we're like, okay, I just need to press in, I need to press and I just need to, there's a place of pressing in and, and we do that. And, it, and it's a discipline that we put upon ourselves because we know that it's like eating your vegetables, right? It's a good thing for your body. It's really good, and so I don't feel like reading the Word, but I'll do it anyway because I know it's good for me. I know it's going to put me into fruitful living, right? And so 
what we're going to do next is we're just going to read these things out. And I want you guys to move around a little bit. You know, sometimes it just helps to move around a little bit. Um, and I want you guys to read these things. We're going to maybe take five minutes, seven minutes. We'll just see. I want you to read all those things. And if there's certain ones that you're having a hard time agreeing with, go back and read it again. Just, you're just prophesying over yourself truth. And I found that the more that I know who I am as a son in the kingdom, the more I'm just living in better days. I'm just living in better days. Like, there's days that I, I, I promise you are absolute crap for me, you know? But when I can flip that around and actually start thanking God, it's amazing how he doesn't honor the bad day enough to remove it. It's because he knows there's something greater that we can step into that supersedes the bad day. So the bad days don't go away, but as we enter into the storyline that he's already written, but we have to step into it every day, it's amazing how power's released, revelation comes, and your day just changes. And it's not mind over matter. It's actually supernatural how your heart just changes. Your day just becomes better. Well, what happened? Well, I just, I don't know, it's kind of amazing, man. I just, I mean, this morning I was just thanking God, and all of a sudden, bam, my day just got a whole lot better, and at the end of the day, I'm feeling good. And yeah, it was a good day. Hallelujah. We activate ourselves in the scriptures. So let's, uh, let's stand up and let's walk around and declare some things. And again, if there's certain things that you're just having a hard time agreeing with or just a little bit more difficult for you to say yes to, read it again and read it again and read it again. And if you go through the whole thing and we're still going, just read it again. Is that cool? All right. Yeah. Read out loud. And what's really good about reading out loud, I know sometimes this can be like a, oh, uh, people are going to hear my voice. Your voice is wonderful, but faith comes by hearing, right? Hearing. And so it's, it's a really good thing to pray out loud. So maybe we can get a little bit of pads. Is that okay? I'm not sure if Josh can make that happen. Not too loud, just kind of like a little bit. Hope you guys are going okay with that. Bring that home with you. Just out of curiosity, was was there any that were a little bit harder for some people just to read over and over and really believe? A few hands there. That's cool. This is just, it's just a tool. It's just a tool. There's, they're very simple tools, but they're just tools for us. Sorry? It does, yeah. It absolutely does. But this is one of those things, like I remember, um, th these are my BC days, before my Christian days, I'd watch my sister, she would pull out scriptures and she would read them to herself in the mirror, and I just thought, that is so lame. I'm like, that is so lame, like, why are you doing that? You know, I just thought it was so weird that you'd have to do something like that to be encouraged, right? And um, I mean, on, on this side of the cross entering in, I, I just go, wow, that was so smart. I, I do it myself, you know? Now, now I'm that lame person that gets in front and gets totally empowered by Jesus, right? And has awesome days. It's so good. So I want to share a quick story with you guys. Because sometimes we, we have to break out of the normal to get different results, right? So if, if we're struggling to know how, how to get breakthrough in certain areas, we need to change it up a little bit. Like, go to the scriptures, find something, 
spend some time with the Lord and find out, like, what, what do I need to do? So here's, here's a story I want to share. <clears throat> I was reminded of it today. Um, quite a few years ago, I was in, in Melbourne, and, um, and I was doing a training course there. And we were in a worship time, and during this worship time, I was having a really just off day. And I don't know why I was off. I was just feeling off. So we were in this, in this worship meeting, and it was probably 8 p.m. at night. And so, and I just could not enter into worship. And I had this idea. I'm like, you know, maybe I just need to go for a walk, you know. And so I walked out. And the uh, Melbourne campus, is, it's, uh, it's on this hill, and it's got these big walls around it. And so, um, and so I kind of walked outside the gate, and, um, and I'm just walking down the street. And uh, all of a sudden, I, like, I'm just looking around. I'm like, whoa, this is kind of freaky. And I just started seeing things like in the movies, you know, like those, those really gnarly trees that just have the perfect shadows where, you know, people with knives can just jump out and stab you and stuff. Like those are the kind of shadows I was seeing. And so all of a sudden I'm like getting really scared and I'm like, and it's the weirdest thing, guys. Like I, I was, I was really scared and I'm just walking and all of a sudden I just feel really scared. And then I hear this voice, you're scared of me. Clear as day. Heard it clear as day. You're scared of me. And I'm thinking, yeah, I'm scared of you, man. I, I have no idea who you are, but man, I, I'm really scared right now. That's exactly what I was saying, right? If we just get a little bit real, you know, like it, it was, it was like, it was scary. There was nothing really to be scared of, but yet I was really scared. And, and I walked a little bit further. The city of fear just rose up me in such a like, oh, just such a, what's the word? In, in a big way that like, I, I, I was just frozen. Sorry? Overwhelmed. There we go. I was overwhelmed with fear. And um, so I kind of just froze there on, on the walkway. And again, this was one of those moments where God sovereignly just broke in again. And this, this righteous anger just rose up in me. And all of a sudden, I just had this very clear understanding that this is an assignment of the enemy. You see, it's really simple when we talk it out. But in the moment, it's always complex, right? And so here I'm talking out the complex situation I was in, right? All of a sudden, there's this realization, this is the devil. And I was like, what? This is the devil. And this righteous anger rose up in me. And here I am. This is probably now 8.30 p.m. ish around there somewhere. And I'm walking up this street. And there, there's houses everywhere. <clears throat> and I'm like, oh, I am not afraid of you. And I'm walking up the street. I'm like, I am not afraid of you. I am not afraid of you, right? And I wasn't thinking about people. I wasn't thinking about anything except the fact that I was not afraid of the devil, right? And so I had this idea. This thought came into my mind. I'm like, I'm going to find the scariest place to walk into right now, and I'm just going it, to, it's on. It's on. And so I looked across the street, and I seen a park. There was a park there. It had the gnarliest trees, and it, like, there was shadows everywhere. Those street lamps, like they were clearly from horror films. It, it, was, it was all there. It was all there. And I, I'm like, I'm going there. And I walked right into the middle of that place right there. And I remembered Ephesians 6, sword of the spirit. I, got, I, I actually got my sword out. I went like this. And I, the top of my lungs, I'm I am not afraid of you. And I'm just screaming. I'm screaming. <clears throat> I'm screaming. And any person walking past me, or walking around the neighborhood, would have heard that and said, someone called 911, we have a lunatic on our hands, and he's definitely not afraid. <laughs> 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 uh, 
You know what's crazy, guys? I walked out of that, like, when that all kind of, like, when the smoke cleared, and I was still there. This is what I was thinking. I was so full of faith. I'm like, where's the dead people? They're rising, man. Anybody needs saving? You're getting saved right now in Jesus' name. I was so full of faith, and I was just ready to do whatever. It was amazing what that did for me. And sometimes we just got to get a little bit ridiculous for Jesus, right? See, because we can so often let those little voices, those moments of fear dictate how you live your life. And so we live a Christian life unactivated. We can come to church and hear a good sermon, and we can get excited about learning more about the Bible, but we're never actually living in the power of it. Because sometimes we have to activate ourselves. He's activated everything already. So we're not waiting on God, but sometimes we just need to get a little bit ridiculous. And that was a moment where I'm like, I don't even care what I look like right now. Like I legit was not thinking about anybody. I was just like, this thing is trying to crush me right now. And I heard this is the devil. And so the devil is not getting one up on me. So this is something that I really want to encourage you guys in. Like we're doing activations like this, right? But these are just tools for you guys to get out of the norm. Living powerful for Jesus means we live the scriptures. It's not mind over matter. It's actually getting activated in the scriptures so the power can be released. We can have better days. The bad days aren't going away. But when we live in the spirit, we supersede all those things. Does that make sense? Okay, cool. So we're going to um, do one last activation, okay? Um, let me get this right. Right here. I'll read the scripture out. Ephesians 3, 14 to 21. It says, For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. What a, what a powerful prayer that Paul actually prays over the church, right? And what I want us to do is actually partner up with somebody. And it'd be good, you know, just, just for the sake of a little bit of uncomfortability so that the Holy Spirit can comfort us. Um, we can actually, if, if we could partner up with someone that we don't normally pray with or just someone different, does that make sense? And I want you guys just to look at this prayer, and we can pray these things over each other. So if you're wondering, what, what do I pray? You can literally lay hands and just pray that prayer right there, and that is powerful prayer. And we just agree, like the power of agreement, coming together, hearing the word, agreeing together, it will be established. Does that make sense? All right, so find your partners, and we'll have that last song. Yeah, we're going to do that. Um, so find a partner round and round, and uh, let's pray for one another. All right. Well, we are on our last slide. I'm going to read it for you. 
This is why we meet folks, to stir one another up in love and good works. You guys want to give Jesus a clap? Now, just, just for the sake of just knowing what's been happening, while we've been doing activations, did, did anybody hear anything or was anybody encouraged by anything that maybe the Lord spoke to them or did in and through them while we're going through the evening? If not, that's okay, but I just want to give room for it because it's always cool to hear testimonies if there is something. Did you feel awkward? So good. All right, cool. Awesome. Yeah, come on. That, that's just it, right? Like, it's, it's, um, it's about trying something new, right? And you guys find your groove, man. Find, find your groove with Holy Ghost, man. Like, I, I think that's the thing. It's, it's not always the same for everybody, but it's about doing something different so that you can actually get some different results, right? If you're super happy with the way things go, well, then keep burning for Jesus in that way, right? But if we're struggling a bit, like, why not change things up a little bit and get a little bit crazy for Jesus and just see if it changes the narrative for your day and stuff. Does that make sense? Well, so I'm going to pray and then uh, over to you, Ben. Cool. Well, Holy Spirit, we do want to just thank you so much that um, we have access to you all the time. We've got access to heaven and I just thank you that, Lord, you, you see every one of us, you know, this church and you see all of the situations that we're facing in life with the with the hardships that we're going through and the joys, God. You see all of those things. And yet, Father, you are still Lord over all of those things. And I just pray that you would continue to teach us how to um, live in real relationship with you, God, and really learn how to let our hearts get connected to what the Spirit is saying and doing. Would you teach us? Would you teach us if we're unsure of what to do? I pray that there'd be a sovereign move in our bedrooms, in our kitchens, our you know, walkways, our workplaces, just a sovereign move that would really teach us how to actively engage with you so that power can be released for our everyday situations, Lord. Yeah, we just want to give you honor and glory for tonight, and we just thank you that you're our King. In Jesus' name, amen.